What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th, shop at Macy's.com or in store. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, guys. What's up, guys? Uh, so before we just came on here, I told Easton, I said, I have a new song coming for you. And he was just like, woohoo. <laughs> and that was... I mean, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> um, and so I was going to play a little snippet and I was like oh well let's press play and then I'll do a little dee dee little sneak peek a little sneak peek but this is like the old so I have I have about um, probably like a million <laughs> songs that I haven't cut from the past and this this is the one song that I have always wanted to cut and I never have it's so good Um, but it's not going to be this slow it's just going to be I mean, this is so, this is before, this me singing, this is before I got a record deal. So get ready for it. This is how much I love the song. Would you describe this as a bop? <laughs> it's not a, a slow bop. bop. It's a slow bop. Tonight ain't the night for nothing but the whole truth. all I'm asking of you. Yep, little sneak peek. Little sneak peek. <laughs> wait, wait. Can we uh, can we play the chorus? <laughs> no. Why? Because they're just gonna have to wait. No. They're just gonna have to wait. Easton, I'll send it to you. So at least you have it. <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be a it. lot faster than that. But um, I mean that rips as it is. I, like if you go faster, <laughs> I might I might explode. <laughs> 
but it's a it's a good little love a little love song. But no, it's a song that I I wrote my old producer that um, I used to work with at the label, and I was like, "Am I allowed to cut an old song that you guys passed on?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Cool, cool, thanks." Done. Got the green light. So yeah, so I'm cutting that. So new music is on the way. East on. Just so when do you think we'll be able to add that to our playlist and everything? When's that going to hit shelves? I'm thinking April. Maybe March. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's soon. Yeah. Ooh. I'm excited. <laughs> well, Easton, I think that's you're going to play it at the El Rey Theater Show, right? Yes, I am. Which we're coming to. Oh, hey, Easton, actually. So Wind Down's going on hey. the road. We're going to Texas the first um, the first week of March. We're doing um, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Dallas. And it's going to be a lot of fun and you know, it's not recorded, but we just hang out. We just kind of interact with people. And then at the end of the show, I sing. But we're also at the end of March coming to Sacramento and Los Angeles and mm-hmm, Easton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you like to be our guest? I would love to. Yay! That would be a dream come true. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we can even have like an Easton duet. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was just wondering if I should buy a ticket or not. I was like, can I get on, you know you got me on the list for the House of Blues and you were so nice to do that but I don't want to assume that I can get that going forward. Always <laughs> so assume. I was like, Always. Jan, I'm, ab- I'm about to buy a ticket, but uh, I-, I would I would be so honored to be part of the show. Thank you so much. Well, everybody so should definitely then go to janacramer.com to get their wind down tickets to also see Easton at the El Rey Theater. Mark would come, but he um, it's past his he has kids. Right? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't like going places or doing things. I know. You're like me on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you have a new bop coming out, Mike? Uh, no, I don't. Yes, but, you do. What? You sing all the time. I do sing all the time. Which is funny. Someone Actually, someone just asked me recently, who was it? I don't remember. They're like, uh, does Jana just sing all the time, like at home? And... Uh, I was like, no, actually, I'm the one that sings all the time, and I have a terrible voice. That's not true. You have a really good voice. And it's just, but it's just funny that the people that, like you, that can sing and do professionally mm. don't sing at home. Describe Ken. <laughs> it's a oh, fine geez. line. I don't know. Platinum selling singles. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Anyways, what's going on? <laughs> Jana can't handle the compliments. <laughs> okay. Um, going real Michigan right now. But I just think it's funny that the people that can't sing are the ones that are singing, and the ones that actually can don't at home. You know what Michael's bop is right now, Mark? Since you said bop, um, Michael's real obsessed with the Greatest Showman soundtrack. I mean, him and Jolie. Oh, I love it. Like So (laughs) good. The amount of time that they're running around the house doing, like singing those songs. What's your favorite one that you always sing? Come Alive is great. I mean, The Greatest Showman's great. Oh, it's great. Um, The one between Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman. I mean, you never were... enough is fantastic. That's like the ballad when Jolie hangs on the railing on the stairs. <laughs> and like you did this spin where he wiped out the other night uh-huh. doing it. It was oh god, I, what I would have given to have like my phone. I wear my socks and I do, I'm just like doing power slides and moonwalking all over the 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 kitchen and stuff. And I feel like I have to ice my knee every time oh. I'm done dancing because we just go at it and stuff fun even jace is like spinning around walking backwards trying to moonwalk it's so cute he'll spin and then turn around and like walk backwards like he's moonwalking 
It's amazing. My kids went through a greatest showman phase too, but it wasn't nearly as long as the frozen phase and I wanted it to keep going. It shouldn't have ended because I'm with Mike. I love that entire soundtrack. The other side is the one you're referring to. Yes. It's got to be sad as a former professional athlete who's now has to ice his knee after it's, dancing to a Hugh Jackman song. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. But I, you know, I told Jana too, after I saw this movie and I'm obsessed with the soundtrack, I know we, Jana and I had this discussion before, but I'd love to bring it up with all of us right now. Ooh, and I'll I'm go ahead and excited. I'll start by by answering my own question because I'm that excited about it. <laughs> so if there's any kind of genre movie, what kind of movie would you like to be in? Mine, before anyone goes, is <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be in any kind of military, uh, like Lone Survivor, 13 Hours, any kind of <laughs> type of military, you know, shoot, shoot em up movie like that. Or my second... On the, oh, we're, I, we're doing we're doing a like a. I'm, I'm just I just have to say this. My second <laughs> on the complete opposite side of the spectrum is to be in like a Greatest Showman uh, type musical movie with dance numbers and all that stuff. I would love it. That I mean, one of your like best friends is one of the biggest casting directors in Hollywood. So it's like just just tell him that's what you want to do, and I'm sure he'll put you in one of those movies. This is true. And if you don't mind having like your wife, like, come on, like, where's the hookup here? <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Easton, I want to hear yours next. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, too, love musicals. <laughs> I would love to be. I would love to. I would love to sing. I just want to sing and dance. That's all I want. Uh, I mean, I'd like to be in a superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. yeah I'd, li- I'd like to put on a super suit and fly around and blow up bad guys and. I could see you being in like a Deadpool. I, I would love to. I would love to be a meta superhero. I'd love to break some fourth walls. You know, That's- <laughs> Mark. I'm real curious to know what yours is. I, I think I'd like to be in a like a, a sports movie, like a baseball player in a sports mm. movie. I think that'd be pretty neat because that's a fantasy of mine because I, I can't do anything athletically, like <laughs> literally nothing. Really? And growing up, I would go out for Little League because I love baseball with such a passion. And I was always the one that they threw in right field and batted last because oh. I couldn't hit the ball. Yeah. I was so bad. But on a movie set, I could be amazing. Yeah. So I would say that. Interesting. I love it. Jana? I mean, take a guess, guys. What do you think? <laughs> I know the answer. Easton, Mark. Well, this is weird because you're an actual actress in movies. So, But I've never been in a, a certain type of movie I've always wanted to be in. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're a, you're a big city girl that goes home <laughs> to a small town. Uh, and reconnects I've done 5,000 of those. 5,001. I got another one coming soon. <laughs> yeah. So it's not that. It's not a romantic okay. no, movie I, of any kind. It, if I could go back, it would be... Well, there's two things, since Mike did too. The first one is Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. I want a Mr. Darcy so bad. Oh, that's a good one. A period yeah. piece. Mr. Darcy. Period piece. That's Mr. what she wants. Darcy. Like, oh, what a dream. Like, dream boat. That movie is just my everything. And honestly, for the longest time, I was like, where's my Mr. Darcy? Right here, baby. <laughs> oh. And <laughs> so then, and then, um, I kind of want to play like, remember that movie with um, Ben Affleck and Blake Lively? Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the movie now. Where she's like a total druggie. The town. The town. I would want to be Blake Lively in the town. (laughs) (laughs) Drug addicted mess? Okay. I do. I think it'd be just like, I don't know. This would be trash. Just Just white trash. I just want to just 
I want to be I want to be Alex from One Tree Hill on like steroids. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I mean I'd love to see that. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Or or I'm like or <laughs> I need those like time like you know about time that was so good with Rachel McAdams. I just want to. I just would like to work. I told I. <laughs> I just really, <laughs> I, really just I, I told Jana this, and this is I feel like Jana sells herself short when it comes to her capabilities as an actress. And I was watching this uh, behind the scenes thing on John Wick Three, and where Halle Berry was being interviewed, and just watching Halle, Halle Berry go through the training and everything, I was like, "That's Jana." And I told Jana after I saw it, I was like. You need to put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone because your hard work and dedication when you are into something or like on a on a project or on a job is so intense. Like you would kick ass in that training. You would kick ass in the physical, you know, uh, requirements needed for a role like that. And you can be very intimidating. <laughs> your little cute self can be very intimidating. I've seen it. So I was like, <laughs> you can do that stuff. And it's, I really think you should you, you should try. I know. Anytime my agents send me like a cop, I'm like, no, nope, pass. Because I just feel so silly to be like, put him up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do it like that. I know that if I was on set and I was in the costume and I had the gun, like I could be badass. But in the audition, I'd be like, put him up, put him up, put him up. <laughs> like, yeah, freeze, creep. Freeze. <laughs> Every every person she'd be acting with would be like, all right, here's a face mask. It's a picture of my husband. Just wear this <laughs> stop, if you need me stop, to be angry. Stop, stop, Like we said in therapy, we're not going to make jokes. Well, and now you're making jokes. So you can, but I can't? No, I'm not making jokes. Oh, here we go. And then we're taking a turn. <laughs> Welcome to Wind Down, everybody. <laughs> oh, that was a fun game. I like that. Um, oh, I'm really excited. We have a... A really really cool guest on today um her name is susan stiffelman and she's a badass um for over 30 years susan has worked with families to create um greater harmony and deeper connection between parents and children which i think is awesome and then i was on her website too and eckhart toll Alanis morissette like they've all get just like sang her praises so um she's got a, a lot of great books out there too parenting without power struggles raising joyful resilient kids while staying cool calm and connected like hello um so i'm excited to talk to her should we take an email before we talk to susan Ooh, i love an early email an early email let's see janet has issues in the bedroom mm. janet says she says very nice things at the top here that i'd like to share with you she says hey girl hey girl i'm a huge fan I've loved you since One Tree Hill. I have fallen in love with your podcast. They are so informative and funny and make my day. Isn't that sweet? That's very sweet. Anyway. Thank you. She says, okay, so when my husband and I started dating, I wanted sex more than him. And over the years, the roles have reversed. Now he wants it way more than me. I have a 16-year-old and a 3-year-old. And I work a full-time job. And at night, I rock my son to sleep. Mm -hmm. That's like our mommy and son time. And then I lay him down. And then it's time to clean up toys. And then by the time I get to bed, all I want to do is sleep. I love, love, love my husband. I just don't know what to do. So I can relate on both sides. Having said that, I feel like when you're that tired, because I get it at the end of the day, it's so tiring. But if it's been longer than a certain period, you just got to do it. I think that's just my it's just just like your relationship is work that involves work in the bedroom, too. 
whether sometimes you want to have the conversations and it's like you don't want to fight you don't want to have the deep drawn out conversations but that's kind of like sex you don't really want to have sex but you got to do it because it's part of (laughs) it's part of the relationship it's a part of what but i'm just saying like it's a part of what the man needs it's a part of whether you want to or not you know it's kind of like you just have to give a little bit yeah i I think but is that i mean i feel like that's a very I mean, husbands are nodding their head and they're thrilled with that answer. But is that the right answer? Is it the right to the whatever? I've heard some women say that. If you want to keep your man happy, give it to him whenever he wants no, it. Not no, not whenever. Situation, just give no, it I'm to him. No, I'm not saying that. Not whenever. I don't think whenever. Because I think that beats a dead horse. Like, especially, you shouldn't be giving something that you don't want whenever he wants. It's just a, hey, if whatever they come up with, maybe it, how, what what is enough for, for him or that's also okay for her. Like, hey, I don't want to do it every week. But I could do it every two weeks. You know, that way it's like they kind of have this agreement. It doesn't make it as fun and as romantic. But when you get that far into marriage, it's kind of like, all right. But then also do fun ways to like spice it up. Like maybe if he would not do it so um, routine. Like maybe if or maybe mm-hmm. she'd want to do it too. Like maybe not at the end of the day. Like maybe, hey, a little like lunch call fun time mm-hmm. spice it up that's what i was thinking is change up the time a little yeah. bit because sometimes first thing in the morning before the kids wake up might be a better option mm. because for whatever reason or yeah maybe middle of the day somehow you can make it happen that's probably a better idea only because i don't like whatever he wants no. you know if he wants it, do it you know i don't know it just doesn't feel it's, it kind of feels wrong to me i agree with that too i agree with it I, it's not whenever he wants but there are times that get a timeline i almost feel like and then discuss that what do you think mike i think uh the way i like received your point was i liked the comparison to just like you have to have conversations and talk out problems and conflict in in marriage and in relationships that's part of a necessity that you have to do um and you know sex is part of the physical connection and intimacy of relationships so it's just like Jana said, that takes work as well as everything else intellectually and emotionally. So it's just one of those things you got to consider that it's it's not something where it should just be taken off the table. Like, I'm just too tired for a month. I'm Why can't you understand I'm tired? But eventually you have to, don't have to do anything, but you should. I mean, you should want to connect with your partner. You should want to please them and do those things. Yeah. It's just part it's just part of it all. It's part of marriage, it's part of work. Yeah. Working at the relationship. I mean, yeah, it's just funny cuz when I was talking to and, and Aaron, my trainer has been so open about her sex life and how, you know, she even said it on our podcast that they don't really have sex a lot till every like 6 months or something like that. And in you know, in my mind I'm like, okay, what is that what is that lack of intimacy then do to the relationship or is it okay and that's just what works for them you know i mean maybe that is just what works for both of them which is fine yeah which is totally fine but i think just figuring out what works for each other where that the girl isn't just compromising or the guy isn't just compromising like himself mm-hmm. like kind of to your part, point what you were saying mark you know not having to compromise like where no one's needs are put above somebody yes. else's yeah right yeah Interesting. Do we have another one before Susan calls? Sure do. 
Let's see. Uh, let's see. Kelsey has some suggestions for us. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, she says she heard you talking to Jill Froth, Super Nanny, mm-hmm. and one of the you mentioned your issues with night training, potty training at night. What a pain in the ass it is to change the sheets at three a.m. Yeah. Well, she has a hack for you. She says all you need are two mattress protectors and two fitted sheets. Just make the bed twice, mm. as it were. Then when an accident occurs, you stumble into your child's room half asleep, you strip the first layer away, and behold, the second layer is already there, nice and clean and dry. Hope this helps. If so, give me a shout-out. Shout-out to Kelsey. And the other one, she wanted to mention her favorite Birds and the Bees book. Her daughter is five, and she is the most educated and informed for her age. The book explains where babies come from in an age-appropriate manner. It's called It's Not the Stork, a book about girls, boys, babies, bodies, and friends. Interesting. I like the double sheet thing. I never really thought about that. Usually I just put down those crib protector squares, mm-hmm. but I like the double yeah. the double sheet crib or mattress protector. That's kind of great. And the birds. It's can- like the princess and the pea. She just gets higher and higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song. You do? Sing yeah, you, it, you know, the, It's your movie. The, Go for it. Hey. <laughs> that uh that double sheet thing I, I just it's been a couple weeks since i've wet the bed but <laughs> the uh that double sheet thing went viral on the internet a couple like six months ago it was like hey if you hate doing laundry or hate making your bed just like put like three or four fitted sheets down then when one gets dirty you take it off and then you're you're good to go like you do it in advance but my personal opinion is i think bodily fluids can soak through i don't think one sheet is going to do the job well that's the mattress protector that's I, I, I'm, I'm still against it. I'm still against it. <laughs> the man has spoken. He's against it. So they were saying to do that, like, as adults, like, just put on multiple fitted as sheets. As adults. What about pillowcases? Yeah. Oh, jeez. This person doesn't seem to care, I guess. That's the worst of it for me. The, 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 yeah, those other sheets are, are just as yeah. offensive, I think. Offensive. Hey, Mark, question for you. Yes. Where have you guys gone on a family vacation? Um... We the hard thing for us is that all of my wife's family and she has a large family mm-hmm. and they're all in Wisconsin and so whenever we have an opportunity to take time off we pretty much go to Wisconsin. Mm. We've also visited visited my sister in Seattle. As far as straight up family vacations, they've been few and far between. But we've done San Diego a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and well, gosh, is that it? That's sad. If that's it, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to like. Well, we did Mexico once. <laughs> okay. We did Puerto Vallarta once. Okay. Yeah, there's not been a lot because when we have time off, we head to Wisconsin. Right. But, and it's also tough being down here in the, the lower corner of the country. It's like Vegas, San Diego, San Francisco. Otherwise, you got a long trip ahead of you. I that's know. True. That's what we were kind of... So I'm starting to have anxiety just from the amount of like stuff that's piling on this year. And I hate being away from the kids. Like I, I personally like to travel with the kids. Mike doesn't like to travel with the kids. Um and so it's that kind of battle be- between us both because I, 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 I personally would like to bring them on the tour and I would like to, um, you know, maybe then stay when we're in LA for a week or so and have the kids here. And then I'm like, yeah, we can then go to the beach and then, you know, do some this. And, and um, you know, he's just more of like, you know, don't get the kids out of the routine, which I understand. But then also I have the, I'm left with the mom guilt of, being away and being away so much and having to like fly to things and not taking them with me. So it's just been like really, really weighing on me. And then, so I was like, well, can we at least plan a family vacation where it's just us four? It's not, you know, going to Michigan or Virginia and it's just, I mean, it's just us four as a family and we go somewhere and that way I have something to almost look forward to in a way, knowing that I was, I'm going to have like this great quality time. 
it's so expensive to travel as a family of four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah, my really, God. Really is. I'm like. And you want a third kid. I know. <laughs> and but it's like the flights i mean we even just planned our fourth of july to, to go to michigan and we had to cut costs and we're flying one place and then running a car here to go to a to b because i'm like how I'm like now i see when my parents we didn't travel as much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so expensive and i just can't rationalize paying two grand for airfare and then then the hotels and i'm like Ten thousand dollars for just a king room and at Atlantis, like what? So, have any suggestions for a nice family? I'd like a beach, preferably. Um, email the podcast with some great family vacation ideas. Easton, what's our email address? That's wine down at iheartradio.com. Because I really would like to do Atlantis, but it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. It is, and also keep in mind, I, I understand not wanting to break the kids from the routine because they have a hard time with that. But if you never, ever break them from the routine, you're never going to be able to break them. It's going to be that much more traumatic because you're going to have to someday. Mm. And if they've never been broken of it, I think it's going to be a real hard time for them. I like y- that. Yes. But. Nope. 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 Also, what therapist said. Yes. Also. It's also, yes and or yes. Also. also yes. Also. <laughs> um, my thing, I was talking to a buddy about it. A buddy of mine about it the other day is when they're this young, they're not going to remember the experience yet. I totally disagree with you. Jolie's at such a great age. Yes, Jolie is starting to be at that age. But it's depending on where we're going. I mean, yeah, beach trip, cool. Disney World, awesome. But, you know. Here's my devil's advocate. Overseas or out of the country or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, they won't remember. But when we travel, like, we are capable of bringing them with us for work. Mm -hmm. And right now, they're not in school. So, in my mind, I'm like, we're not going to then take them out when they're in school. Because it's like, then I'm going to have you being like, well, we can't miss any days of school. Mm -hmm. And they're attendants. So, it's like, now's the time that I can have that. That we can have that time together with the kids. Because in a year and a half, Jolie's going to be in elementary school. And Jolie's not going to be able to miss any days of school because, you know, I, I get that you're wanting to be like strict about school. But right now, like now's the time I'm going to like meet me now halfway where it's like, let let them travel with us and, and be a part of our routine and have make those memories. And yeah, Jace isn't going to remember, but I'm going to remember having that time with him and not being away and traveling so much. They're going to see the pictures and the videos, which will at least, they'll, they'll either, even if they don't remember it, they'll think they do because of all the pictures and videos. Damn it, Mark. It's not like when we were kids. <laughs> Damn you, Mark. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's like that time, like, Jace, if this is our last kid, like, he's so precious and, and Jolie's, t- like, so fun right now. And, and in, in no time, literally in a year and a half, she will be gone every single day at school. Every I, single I, day. I hear you. And, and then I, we're going to be working around her schedule to go on family vacations because you don't want to take them out of school. I hear you. And you make valid points. Thank you. My <laughs> question of that is, where does it come in when, you know, I feel like when we talk about finances and recent, <laughs> recently, because this January wasn't as good as last January, you're freaking out. And so we wanted to be very cost conscious, which is understandable. But then when it comes to, oh, no, but let's travel with the kids and buy four tickets and, you know, do all these things. It it's like not a big deal. 
And I'm I, like, yeah. ah, money's still money. I totally hear you. And valid point. In my mind, though, when it's with the kids, I don't give a crap because I'm with my babies. I'll pay the extra $500 or whatever to be with my babies. Because they're, you know, that time is so precious. And then I'll have, I'm working and I don't have mom guilt. Like I have them with me. How cool is that? Don't even care. That's why I didn't even care about doing the Airbnb for a week and a half in LA. Which we're not doing now because dad. <laughs> like just like our, <laughs> like just our nanny, Kylie. She's even like, oh, she's like, hey, we should, and we should try to, you know, convince dad. And I was like, oh, honey, I'm already on it. Like I'm already trying yeah, to. Yeah, like, I got Jana and Kylie just. Up in both ears trying to be like, come on, dad, 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 dad. Can we go? Can we go here? Can we go there? And then it's like, and I have to go back to Kylie and be like, he said no to the LA trip. <laughs> and then we're like, damn it, dad. <laughs> uh, but I now I think I got you though with this whole school thing. You made you made a valid point with the school thing and Thanks. I'll be more lenient moving forward after the LA trip. It's a win. Hashtag win. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you already know you're going to have conflict over Jenna wanting to pull them out of school and Mike never wanting to 1, pull them out of school. 1,000%. That's interesting. Because our, our, I already feel that. That's why I'm like, okay, now then give me it right now so that I then don't, I'll then respect you more with what you want, but yet I'm, I won't pull you as much. I just love having, like I, Jolie was my road dog, man. She was with me since she was six weeks old on the road. Mm-hmm. On a bus toured with me everywhere I went, went to New York with me, strolling around, did Dancing in the Star. Like she was, she's, she's like my roadie. And I miss like, I miss, I miss having my kids with me when I'm out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel, it Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't feel as good. At what point, and this isn't, this isn't directed towards you. This is just on this general topic of discussion. Oh, I have a great point to this. So at what point, and this is, and Dr. Stiffelman is ready. Okay. Okay. And we can maybe touch on this after, but my, my question is at what point does it become, selfish to want to bring them everywhere. I think they're experiencing new places. I talked to um, one of Rascal Flatts' daughter who was on the road since she was a baby. And I, I pulled her aside when I saw her just a couple months ago. And I said, how is it? I just want to know from your point of view, how was it growing up on a bus? And she goes, it was the coolest experience in my life. And she's like, I feel like I'm more... Um, I feel like I'm more mature. I've seen so many amazing places. And she's, and I was like, awesome, cool, thanks. That's what I needed to hear. Right, but how old is she? She's 15. Right. So she had some formidable years where she was out on the road experiencing that. Right. The kids aren't that old to be experiencing. No, she was a ba- She started as a baby, so right. she grew up. But she like, didn't really bus. remember until. No, she totally did. A cert- <laughs> she 1,000% remembered every second of it. Okay, All right. Let's well, let's take a break and talk to Dr. Stiffelman. Okay. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. 
So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You wake up with a sore throat and a low grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work. Hope to see a doctor this week or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you my medical emergency kit. When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I got to stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. So excited. We have Dr. Susan Stiffelman on the phone. Hello. Hey, Susan. It's Jana and Mike. How are you doing? Hi, fine. Thanks. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Um, But Susan, you are a marriage and family therapist and you've been working for over 30 years. Um, 
what do you have a um, like what's your background how'd you get into family therapy I was actually a teacher first and after being a teacher for a long time and I was always a little bit of a renegade understanding that not every child work or, you know sort of processed or in in took in information in the same way and yet we were asking kids to sort of do the cookie cutter thing and so I became more interested in alternative ways of learning and processing and the various forms of intelligence and that sort of led me to see that a lot of kids who were having trouble in academic ways showed up with emotional issues or vice versa. Kids who are having emotional issues might manifest it by having trouble with school or homework and so I ended up becoming a family therapist to address both sides of the picture, both the emotional and psychological, as well as the more educational and academic. And one thing led to another. I started to do workshops and found myself deciding that really parents could get further with some of the ideas I was teaching if they learned some of the strategies instead of sending me their kids to be fixed. So um, that kind of led me to doing workshops and the books and things like that. Um, I do, you know, I have worked with children directly for decades, but more commonly I found that when you help parents make some shifts in, in how they're approaching their, their kids, you know, how they're coming, helping them come alongside their kids rather than coming at them in a more adversarial way and letting go of some of the patterns that they inherited from their own childhood that, that you just get, you know, everybody's happier, kids are more cooperative, parents feel more connected with their kids and vice versa. Absolutely. And that brings me to a question I wanted to ask, Susan, is when you start working with these parents, are many of them able to acknowledge or uh, realize the the traits that they receive from their parents? And are they, do they have these moments where like, oh my gosh, like I'm acting like my dad or I'm acting like my mom or (laughs) does that help them realize and kind of change that way? I love that you're asking that because it's not the conventional approach, but I do find that a lot of our own stuff gets triggered and brought to the surface when we're parenting, you know, so we might have swore up and down, I'm never going to yell at my kids, I'm never going to shame them, I'm never going to threaten them, I'm not going to use bribes the way my parents did, and then in the heat of the moment, (laughs) you're doing the exact same thing, and you're almost watching yourself like, who is this person, (laughs) what words are coming out of my mouth? It's unreal. And Yeah, and so when parents are kind of open to understanding that we have so deeply internalized the the patterns and the approaches that our parents used with us, then it takes some of the kind of guilt and shame out of parenting, which I'm a huge anti-fan of. Like, we're so mean to ourselves when we lose our way as parents. And in my community, in my work, I'm really about kindness and understanding and compassion, not only toward our kids, but toward ourselves for sort of stumbling along here, especially when we had difficult childhoods. There's no way that it's not going to manifest in one mm-hmm. moment or another when we're stressed or tired or, or, you know, overwhelmed. So it's really reassuring when parents are open to the possibility that, yes, number one, they're doing what their parents did to them, even though they can't believe it and they promise not to. And also that um, allowing that to just be so is the first step to making some shifts and being more intentional about doing it differently. What age do kids start to feel the tension between parents? If there's conflict between the parents, yeah. birth. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I, I think kids are incredibly 
tuned in to us. I mean, it's it's a survival mechanism for a child who's 100% dependent on their caregiver mm-hmm. to look after them and meet their needs, given how helpless children are, you know, human babies are, that there's a, a heightened sense of awareness and attunement. Now, the child, you know, a one-year-old may not say, I, I sense a lot of tension between you and mommy, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> But um, we have seen that kids do um, absorb a lot and observe a lot, and it doesn't mean that parents shouldn't have conflict or fight. It's part of the the dance, isn't it? But um, sometimes, even in very young children, if you if you and your partner have just had an argument or things are a little rocky, and the child seems more distressed or or a little more temperamental or crying more, and you think maybe there's they've picked up on something, you can just say, "Sweetheart, you know, Daddy and I love each other so much, and you, you know, you might be feeling that we were a, a little impatient with each other today, even with a child who's not going to process that verbally because they're too little." I think it's a great a great thing, just setting a trajectory of we don't hide our feelings in this family, we don't run from them or sweep them under the rug, to say, yes, yeah, sometimes being a grown-up or married or human is is a, a little bit of a rocky ride, and we'll be fine. And, you know, what you're feeling is what you're feeling, and we're not pretending otherwise. So kids, then, it's okay for them to see uh, bouts of conflict? You know, we prefer that children not be a witness to ongoing arguments between parents. It, it's always best if you can, you know, have a, you know, maybe you give each other a look and you're really unhappy with something that your partner did or said and the kids are in, in your midst and you kind of have your code word like, you know, peacock feather. And that's an indication like, I'm not done with this, right? But um, it is, I think that it's, there's going to be times still when your child witnesses you guys giving dirty looks or saying, well, I don't want to do that, or no, I hate that restaurant, or why why did you give her cookies right before dinner? That's just part of being human, and we can aspire to never, you know, have conflict in front of our children, but I think that we can help help them make meaning of it in a way that, that doesn't leave them wondering, you know, where's the floor here? Like, am I just free free floating by acknowledging, you know what, daddy and I had a little bit of a disagreement. We love each other so much and we don't see eye to eye about that thing. And we're going to talk about it and we love each other and we love you so that the child is left knowing also that humans sometimes disagree or have conflict and that it's normal and they don't have to like pretend that never happened. In general. So in general, yeah, don't have conflict, but does that send, um, does that send also a bad, not a bad at all, but like, does that send a message like, you know, when, when Jolie, our daughter, she's four and she goes off to have relationships and she's like, well, I never saw mommy and daddy fight. So then that's, or my mom and dad fight. So, you know, um, it's not right then to, to have arguments in, in a right. you know, relationship. So does that set up kind of un- yeah. bad, um, what's the word for that? Like, um, experience then? Like an expectation, expectation or yeah. some, mm-hmm. a, like a panic, like, oh, my God, I'm I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy toward my partner, and I never saw my parents feeling that way toward each other. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, again, you're going to have disagreements in front of your children because that's what humans do. We don't always just sort of float along gracefully like little saints. So I don't think that – I think most children grow up sensing that people do argue and disagree – However, you're right. There's some families that were parents who work so hard to 
shield their kids from that, that the kids can grow up thinking something must be wrong here because I'm really having these arguments and fights with my husband and my parents never did. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having small disagreements in front of your kids as long as you narrate and you acknowledge, you know, Daddy and I don't agree about whether it's okay to have have cookies and we're I'm a little annoyed with him and I think he might be a little annoyed with me too and we love each other and we love you and we're going to sort out our difference of opinion so that they're at least you've laid a little bit of a foundation for them to know that this is part of what it's like to live with another human being that there are moments when you disagree for sure and I have a kind of a theory around kind of uh children and i just want to get your professional opinion susan and it's you know it with jan and i have done a ton of individual therapy a ton of couples therapy and you really with all that work that you do on yourself you really realize how much comes back to your childhood and then as a parent it terrifies you right because you then you're (laughs) just on you know you know your hands and knees being like please i don't want to mess up my kids and it makes you maybe overthink the whole parenting process now my my kind of thought process around it is, and correct me if I'm just completely way off base, is I feel like no matter what circumstance or situation, granted there's there's some general traits, whether someone goes through an abuse or neglect or whatever, or abandonment, whatever it may be, I'm sure there's similar traits in people that have gone through that in their childhood. But if you take two separate kids, put them in the same exact situations, one of them might handle or react differently as as an adult than maybe the other one would. My reason is just biologically, we're all different. So there's no Mm -hmm. one thing of my childhood was this, this is all your fault, mom and dad. And, you know, and people just want to stand on that because I look back in my story and with things that I've gone through and being in a 12 step program. Now my parents came to me and were very concerned and were questioning like, what, how is this our fault? Like, what did we do? Uh, and I yeah, and I told yeah. them I was like, look, here's what I've learned. Yes, a lot of stuff comes up from childhood, but I know now and where I'm at that. And I use the same story. I said, if you took someone else, put them in the same childhood, same upbringing, same household as me, they could have not gone to an addiction. They could have had a different yeah. issue or no issue at all. So it's yeah. just one of those things. I don't yeah. I, just again from my experience. I feel like people that hear that might want to blame their parents or whatever. And I just. I know Mm -hmm. I don't blame mine. Yes, they contributed in some ways, but all parents do. I I very much agree with that. And I don't know if you know Glennon Melton, but she and I have done a a number of parenting classes together. And she wrote these wonderful books, Carry On Warrior and Love Warrior. Oh, I love Love, Love, Love Warrior. Yeah, so we've had so much fun together, and Glennon will will say, look, you know, she went through so much with addiction and her recovery and had this, you know, very loving family and uh, a sister who didn't. So I've seen that a lot in my practice working with kids and with families, that children will kind of process and absorb challenging childhood in different ways. And for instance, I've done a lot of work with a population with the trait of heightened sensitivity. I've done some classes online with Elaine Aaron, who wrote The Highly Sensitive Person, The Highly Sensitive Child. Now, if you have that trait, which about 20% of the population has, then you will pick up more in your childhood, more tension, more um, more. if your parent is anxious or de- depressed, it may have more of an impact on you. And other kids might just skate right by that 
and not be impacted. So I, I think there's value in looking at your childhood and how some of the experiences you went through might have informed the challenges or the particular struggles you have or things you have to work on. But I agree that um, there's no point and no value and not even any validity in pointing your finger at your parents for the flawed way they brought you up. And in, in turn, when we're parenting our kids now, this panic that we're, we're sort of sending them, giving them a life sentence because we struggle with depression or anxiety or addiction, it's not true. Even if you have a child who's somewhat sensitive and who is experiencing the impact, we're different parents than our parents. If we're helping the child understand, you know what, mommy had a really hard day and is, is really struggling today and I love you and I'm getting support and help. Is there anything you want to ask me about it? Are you, you know, so that the kids don't, we're not sweeping things under the rug the way many of our own parents did when there was a challenge in the family. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree. And I appreciate your outlook on that. And I, the way I kind of try to simplify it is just, it's all that childhood or whatever addiction it's, it's an explanation, not an excuse to how yeah. people are yeah. the way they yeah. are. But honey, go ahead. Jenny, no, right. How, yeah. how could we correct anything that we've already screwed up possibly with our daughter? Cause that's, that's my fear as well, you know, just because the first, yeah. you know, couple years was real rough in our marriage. And I'm like thinking, God, you know, is this, have I already then, if she's going to remember us yelling at each other, you know, we don't mm-hmm. do it often anymore um there are times we get a little heightened Mm -hmm. but you know we've done a better job of leaving Mm -hmm. the room but it's like crap like is there a way that i can like fix it (laughs) go back and and recorrect things you know thank you for kind of being real about it because what's amazing is you know because i'm a family therapist and for many many years i was a family therapist in a community with you know in malibu california with some of the most wealthy powerful famous people in the world and you know and on the cover of magazines looking happy 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 and you know and the truth is when you're in my line of work you find out that most people aren't living lives the way theirs look from the outside. (laughs) And so, you know, you might think and feel all this shame about, oh, my God, we fought in front of our daughter. I can't believe it. I know none of my neighbors ever would do that or, you know, all the ladies at the, you know. It's just not true. You would be really surprised at the truth in most families. For sure there's some where there's a lot of peace and ease and great communication, but most of us are at least somewhat dysfunctional, and it gets played out heavily in your marriage. So when your daughter, you know, if she was quite young when some of the conflict was going on, you're probably not going to be addressing it in the way you would if she was 10 years old when some of the conflict went on, in, in, in which case you would say, you know, sweetie, we had a bumpy few months there when daddy wasn't staying here or when, you know, whatever the circumstance might have been. Are, is there anything you want to ask me about that? I, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, and it might have been really um, unsettling for you. And I'm here to answer any questions. The, the biggest thing that children need isn't to be sheltered from conflict or difficulty. It's to have the freedom and know that their parent is sturdy enough and big enough. And, you know, in my work, I talk about being that captain of the ship, captainy enough that whatever is sort of worrying them or disturbing them, they can bring it to us. So they don't have to hide it from us. They don't have to try and, in their own 
strange way process things or make sense of things, that's where we get into trouble. With a child who might have encountered that pre-verbally, if the behavior seems to be showing up, there's wonderful ways that are not uh, like traditional therapy, like I like the sand tray therapy. When you see if a child at some point starts manifesting some behaviors and you want to help them kind of untangle them, there's a form of therapy where um, the therapist has a big tray of sand, and on the wall of their office, they'll have hundreds and hundreds of small figurines like ships and pirates and army people and trees, and the child can choose whatever they want and bring those items to the sand tray and create a scene and then work with the sand tray therapist to process some deeper feelings. And, of course, as we get older, there's, you know, things like EMDR, which mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. preverbal trauma in, in adults. Um, there's other ways to kind of get at the things that might be um, underpinning it. But, but I'm still having conversations about mistakes are, I've made with, when I was parenting my now 29-year-old son, and they're incredible. There's no expiration date when you say, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that rough patch anymore because he's so much older Mm -hmm. you know he's learning through these conversations about the reality of relationships the challenges of being a parent and how to kind of heal things and apologize and make amends even much later down the road it's so hard (laughs) it it is hard and (laughs) if if there is but fear doesn't help being afraid like oh my gosh Please, I ask parents, everybody listening, do not approach parenting like I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to break my child. I just feel like Kids I already so have. That's where I feel like I failed. resilient. Yeah, that's where I just feel like I Because even someone... Because I'm going to cry, but even someone hmm. said something on Instagram the other day like you should leave your husband because you're like, the kids are watching this. And I'm like, well, we don't argue all the time in front of them. But then I'm like, oh crap, like maybe they, like she has heard us like yelling before. Uh. So and I'm like, okay. well, maybe that is why she was acting out. And then I start to, like, blame myself. Oh, Sorry. It's okay. Sweetheart. Yeah, there's, there's strangely, you know, I'm, I'm about to do a class. Um, I've done sorry. a number of collaborations with Dr. Dan Siegel. Oh, please don't be sorry. Thank you for letting people hear the truth. Parents fight in front of their children. Very few do not. Let me just tell you as a therapist, when they tell me, very few parents don't argue and fight. Now, some of them have these raging things, and that is where we want to make it possible later. Even 15 years later, sweetheart, you might not even remember the day that I asked Daddy to leave. I was so mad, and I threw something across the... You know, I mean, you're not going to play it out if they're not asking. No, that's about accurate. But you can certainly generalize and say... (laughs) But here's the thing, like when I do the work with Dan Siegel, for instance, who does a lot on neuroscience of attachment, um, and we're doing something together again, so I'm kind of prepping for that class, we don't aim for perfect parenting. It's not helpful to children. It, it's better for children to, to not always have us be perfectly attuned mm-hmm. and to learn to kind of ride that that wave, that natural wave of being human, and to make amends and apologize and make repair when it's needed. So it's very dangerous to parent in a way that you're terrified that you're going to ruin your child. Um, Kids are much sturdier than we believe, as long as we make it okay for them and safe for them to tell us what they're going through. Yeah. For sure. And well, before we leave you, Susan, I mean, you kind of answered my question right there, but if there is one more bit of advice you would give to like, you know, new young parents besides what you just said about not being fearful, what would you say to to young parents like ourselves? 
Mm. Well, for another really big one that people don't do well enough, I don't think, is get support. Mm. Um, we're mm. not meant to raise children one or two parent um, household. We're meant to raise children in a small community or tribe or village, and most parents are not doing that. Um, and it's really hard to be a parent. It's exhausting okay. physically. It's emotionally taxing. It's relentlessly demanding. So I think it's so important when you're starting out with young children to to find like-minded, like-hearted people and really create an extended family of sorts so that those are people you can be honest with. You can say, "Take my, could you please take my kids? I'm so tired. I just want to watch TV or take a nap, and then, then I'll take yours tomorrow. And, and to sort of let your let yourself be propped up um, and and don't have an expectation. There's this great quote, lower your expectations, you'll achieve more. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. I heard another one too. It's the dishes a, might be dirty, you know. Yeah. Enjoy your children as much as you can. Ask for help when you need it. Lower the bar in terms of what you're expecting. When, in, when you lose your way, not if, but when you lose your way or things go south in the house or with you, um, say, you know what, sweetheart, that just happened, and you might be noticing that I was really mad or I was really upset or Daddy and I weren't being very sweet with each other. We love each other so much. We're learning how to work through our differences. Is there anything you want to say or ask about that? Is there anything you need to feel more comfortable? And kids will tell you if you make it safe. Now, if the child says, well, I hate it when you fight, I wish you would never fight again, and you say, well, okay, we'll never fight again, or you make some promise you can't keep, I don't think they're served by that. You you would then say, well, gosh, I know, I know, it feels so uncomfortable when we're arguing. I, I can understand why you wish we would never fight again, and as much as I wish I could tell you that won't happen, it it might, because, you know, being a person, a human, is is sometimes means we don't see things the same way as the people we like and live with. But I can promise you that we're going to keep working through things, and you can always tell us how you're feeling, and we love each other, and we love you. And so you're not sweeping stuff under the rug. Um, you're making it, it possible to really tell their truth, Um but you're being realistic also. And you have to have faith that your kids really do come through when we can allow them to turn to us with whatever their truth is, even when it's hard to hear. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for all this helpful stuff. And sorry again that I cried. I feel stupid, but I really don't appreciate it. And, oh, um, please don't be sorry. Well, Susan, thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you if they want to get more information about your literature or what else yeah. you have to offer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a monthly membership support group. There's co-parenting with a narcissist support group. There's tons of classes on on uh, chores and um, highly sensitive kids and screen time. We do a lot of stuff on kids and screen time. So it's just at susanstiffelman.com. Awesome. Well, I'm signing up right now. So thank you so much, Susan. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Have Susan. Have a great day. Thank you for your wonderful work. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. 
But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You wake up with a sore throat and a low grade fever. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are, well, get sicker and miss work. Hope to see a doctor this week or sit hours in a crowded urgent care waiting room. Nope, not me. I have a smarter option because listen, as a mom, we cannot afford to get sick. So therefore moms, I got something for you my medical emergency kit. When you get your own medical emergency kit, you just match your symptoms to the doctor recommended prescription in your kit. No waiting to see the doctor. You get well faster. This is not a first aid kit. It's like having an urgent care in your home. It includes doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues like COVID, strep throat, pneumonia, all kinds of infections, including UTIs and many more. Plus a doctor's guide. So you'll know exactly which med to take and how. As a working mom of three, like I said, I cannot afford to get sick and I definitely don't have hours to spend in the urgent care waiting room. My medical emergency kit brings me peace of mind. It makes me feel so much better knowing I can be prepared for whatever might come up. And also with a young little baby, I got to stay healthy. I recently used the anti-nausea medication included in the kit. I was shocked by how much better I felt after taking it. The instructions in the kit are super clear and easy to understand. And I'm so glad I have my medical emergency kit on hand. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. 
Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash Jana and use promo code Jana. That's promo code Jana at twc.health slash Jana. Love season. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I. sorry. I just, I have, it's just, like I said, the other podcast or yeah I think last week's I just have a really hard time when someone mentioned something about the kids and um I had put something on Instagram a photo of us and in the comment you know said uh yeah until he does it again and what a bad example you are for the kids no wonder why you know your daughter's acting acting out the way that she is um to like let you know, to let your kids be around in that kind of environment. And then just said, like, I was a week, week B. And it just really, like, there, because because I do have some guilt. Like, there's been some fights that I, I don't ever want her to remember seeing. And, you know, I know we've done a better job of it now, going in the room and, and waiting until they go to bed. Like, we've done a great job of it. I think sometimes we still linger in conversations and I'm like, stop, 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 you know, because um, I think we had still have a hard time pausing. So, um, yeah, so I just feel like bad. I'm like, oh, my God, maybe that is why like she's, you know, like wh- is, is that is the reason that she's acting out or or I don't know. So you want to hear my thoughts? Yeah. Um. That's unfortunate that that person wrote that. Mm-hmm. And because it's not like we're arguing every single day in the no, house, and not it's not yet. like, I mean, ugh, can I, I say my thoughts? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, first of all, she's acting out because she's four, and that's what four-year-olds do. Anyone with a four-year-old or has had a four-year-old can attest to that, right, Mark? A hundred percent. Thank you. Um, secondly, the best thing that we can do, in my opinion, is we've gotten through the worst of our fighting. We've grown a lot in our arguing. We have, you know, we have, so it's only going to get better. We're only going to get better at pausing and communicating. So the fact that we've, we're willing to do the work that we have to get to a better place that we are now compared to where we were is the best thing we can do for ourselves and for Jolie and for Jace. Because what Jolie's going to end up remembering isn't the previous four years. It's going to be what she sees from now on. Those memories are going to trump anything. But will she remember you being gone for four months? Will she remember, you know, the me crying with her in my arm? Like, will she remember those things? Like, that's what I'm... Will she remember when I threw that thing at you? Or, <laughs> you know, it's... It, that's I, that's where my... I'm just like, as is much, that feeling? Because I... Trust uh, me, as much pain and shame as I feel around going 70 days without seeing her, I like... I would like to think that when she was six to seven, eight months old, she's not going to remember me not being there. But why do I they really, say since baby they sense it? Like that's just like... Sure, they can sense, but also it depends on what they have from that moment on. Mm-hmm. They can sense it, and if it continues that way, then they'll definitely be more likely to remember. Mm-hmm. But when Jolie only only knows from like this age when she's really becoming influenced and impressioned mm-hmm. by how we are... 
Like she's going to remember more of how we handle things now. I just take so much pride in being and like being a good mom and not, I know I'm going to do things wrong, but that I can impact them in a negative way with my actions make me just, that's where I just crumble as you heard, because I just, I'm so, I just want to be so cautious and conscience, have conscious, Jesus, I cannot conscious. talk to that. Conscious of that because I don't want her to, I just, it just, to know that it could be my fault that she's going to have some emotional issues because she saw me screaming and us, you yelling. and But, uh, but just like I even mentioned to Susan that Susan agreed and validated is regardless, like there's no perfect parent. We know that. There, we're gonna, there's gonna be something that, we could easily turn into being our fault when they get older. Like, oh, Jolie's in a, a teenager and lying a little bit more. Oh, that's all my fault because I all I did was lie for a long time in my life. No, it's not that. It's it's what she's saying is coming to them, not from a dictator authoritative place all the time, being like pointing the finger, you're grounded, but coming to them and having a discussion around it. Hey, why'd you feel the need to lie? And, and creating that safe place that she was talking about that you and I have talked about to create a safe place for them to come and discuss those feelings and their reasonings behind behaviors. Mark, have you ever fought in front of your kids with your wife? Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, um, I did read something once that I take solace in that when kids see you fight in front of your, when kids see their parents fight and then later or even the next day, see them hugging and kissing and everything's fine, it teaches them conflict resolution. Yep. It teaches them, like you kind of broached this up with, with Dr. Stiffelman, the idea that if they never see you fight, and then they're in a relationship one day, mm-hmm. and they get in a fight, they're going to think, this is it, this is over, this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. But if they see that fights can be resolved, and that fights aren't really that big of a deal, they'll handle it better when they disagree with future partners. So I think there is something to that. 100%. And of course... I'm justifying that because, yeah, we've done that before, and that helps me sleep better at night. <laughs> and to Mike's point, you know, four-year-olds act out. That's why they call it the effing fours, right? That's what every parent says about when your kid's four years old. Yeah. That's what they do. They act out. But also, like she, like she was saying, kids are so resilient. And I, when I was going through a really hard time where I was traveling constantly and really having a hard time being away from the kids, I was talking to my mom, and she says, well, your dad left for, uh, he, he was in the army, and so he would leave for training for like three weeks a year. He'd go away for three weeks once a year. And I said, really? I have absolutely no recollection of that ever happening. She said, really? Yeah, every February, he'd be gone for three weeks. Yep, don't remember that at all. <laughs> so that made me feel better that they're not going to remember me going to Brazil for three weeks. You know, that's just barely going to be a blip on their radar. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, that's true. I barely, my dad did shift work all growing up, and he also was part of, uh, God, what was, I don't remember what they called it, but basically in the fire department where anytime there's like a big, travesty at another country he'd be part of a crew that would go over there and help and everything like that so he'd be gone for weeks and i i I remember him doing that but i don't see i don't remember i don't i don't remember my parents leaving but what i remember starting at age five was my parents fighting and being scared of my dad and being scared of of the the that fighting which is why i i'm trying so hard to make sure that we're not arguing in front of julie which again we haven't even with this last incident, like we didn't like nothing, no argument at all. It was all in the bedroom. Right. Um, which I think we did a good job with that, but that's why I'm so careful 
and scared now that she's four because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's one more year until I remember things. And then I start putting all this pressure on myself like, oh crap, like, okay, we have to make sure that we really lock it up. <laughs> yeah, but to year. your point, you start remembering at whatever age you did, but things never changed between your mom and dad. That's my whole point. They never changed. <sighs> no. They only got worse, really. Yeah. So we have we have the gift of doing this work earlier in our kids' upbringing that they don't have to be, you know, witness to that. Anyway. It's so hard. <laughs> Parents out there, give yourself some grace. It's going to be okay. Yeah, and email us and let us know that we're normal. <laughs> Please. Um, I think that's a show, right, guys? That is a show. That is, that is okay. another episode of Wind that's Down. That's a wrap. See you guys next week. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because... It's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.